0: Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking. Fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days brought to you by the Brodo team. Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop, and Santiago Casanova. Welcome back to the summer Heatwave, powered by the fantasy football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days doing it Broto style, discussing every single fantasy relevant player up until the start of the season. Today, we are going to be taking a look at the Steelers. Uh, I am your host, Tim Petrop. I am joined by my brothers, Michael and Jason Petrop, but also the fourth member of the Brodo gang, Santiago Casanova. I feel like I have to say it that way. Casanova. But before we get into these guys and introduce these guys, we want to remind you to download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. And that's exactly how Cass would want it, that I mentioned the app before I mentioned Cas, because that's the type of guy that he is. The only app that has every single tool that you need to draft a winning team and keep a winning team during the season, and it is absolutely free for a limited time. With the app, what do you get? Let's hit Let's hit it. Fantasy player cards, a who to draft tool, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and advanced statistics, including Brodo exclusive statistics like true throw value, true target value, true performance value, rushing yards over expected, Points per opportunity, excluding TDs, and tons more. And this is free for a limited time, thanks to our patrons over at Broto Fantasy. I mean, sorry, at Patreon.com/slash/BrotoFantasy. Join now, please, to support the show and the app, but most importantly, to join the community on Discord to play in leagues with the Broto Bros and other Broto listeners. To get an extra podcast per week, the waiver pod, which is the most important pod of the week. Private team consultations, free gives, giveaways, and tons. More And as always, the Broto Hub is BrotoFantasy.com. It is where you can find all things Broto. Now, one of the reasons why Cass is on the show today, Santiago Casanova, one of the reasons why Cass is on the show today is because not only is his mind worth listening to at every single point you can pick it when it comes to fantasy football, but the Steelers are the closest to him because he is a Steelers fan. He knows he's been rooting for the head coach, Mike Tomlin, and offensive coordinator. Um, For the first time this year, Matt Canada promoted from the QB coach last year. It's the first time since Randy Finchner took over for Todd Haley in 2018. Right now, reports say he wants a more modern offense with more motion, less short passes, Um, letting Big Ben air it out a little more. Last year, 12th in points uh, per game. I'm sorry, 12th in overall points in 2020, which... Turns out to be 12 points per game at the end of the year because everyone plays the same amount of games. Um, 31st-ranked offensive line going into 2020. That seems to be the concern when talking about the Steelers. And the third highest pass percentage in the league last year. They passed on 63.8% of their um, passes, uh, of their plays, excuse me. So let's start with Cass because he is the man when it comes to the Steelers. Cass, the wide receiver – Room, I think, is the thing that everyone in fantasy wants to talk about. You got Chase Claypool, you got Deontay Johnson, you got Juju Smith-Schuster, you got the Gregory the, McLeod. and then you got and James Washington, who also who requested demanded a, trade. a trade
1: because he's very yeah.
0: Good. See, he is very good. He's always he always shut up. Good. I
1: I like James Washington. Imagine being James I, Washington walking to a room and saying, "Trade me."
0: <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> that was a good one. So, Cass, out of these three guys, whose ADP is basically very similar, who are you looking at with a, a, with rose-colored glasses in fantasy this year?
2: You know, I've been warming up to the, the man, the myth, the legend, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, as of late. Uh, Nick Bolio wrote a, a great article on him recently, and one of the main things is... I'm we can sure never I pronounce that name, by the way. way but yeah. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I nailed it but um uh he well one of the most the important things here is what you mentioned the uh, Matt Canada is the OC now because that means the offense is gonna hopefully be more dynamic than it was and also Juju says he is gonna play uh, more outside than in the slot this year with uh, Matt Canada that's also good because if claypool can take some of the pressure off of him and he can go back to the the play he had playing against oh, I mean across from Antonio Brown that's just the uh, getting back vintage juju and, and i think he's the, the best value in the in that team
0: all right so juju at, at value um, what what do you think about Deontay and Claypool, though? Because for me personally, if I'm taking a shot on one of these guys, I like me some Chase Claypool. I think he showed a lot last year. I specifically like the fact that he got carries. He scored two touchdowns on the ground last year. Um, he seems to be that athlete that they want to hand the ball to in certain situations um, that's becoming in vogue, especially now Matt Canada talks about um, putting these jet sweeps and things like that into the playbook. So now that that's in vogue, like – it seems as though Chase Claypool is going to be that guy. Plus, he has that imposing physical presence in the end zone that I can kind of project is going to be great in the in the red zone, even though it hasn't been yet if I'm projecting next level. Um, so that's why I think Claypool is interesting where he's being drafted. How do you feel about Claypool? Playpool versus Deontay Johnson. How do you feel about each of these guys?
1: Before you start, Cass, I just need to mention that Tim keeps saying in vogue, and I am <laughs> floored by the language that Tim is using today. Is he Why? using it in, like, the correct sense? Dude? <laughs> don't, yeah. No. Bro, if you if you question I'm pretty sure he is, Honestly, my vocabulary. Honestly, the Broto app is pretty in vogue right now. Tim, spell <laughs> in vogue.
0: <laughs> Yo, you guys act like that's not a thing people say every day. Spell it, though. Envo- en V O U G E V O oh. G <laughs> U oh, E. All right, you forgot the space between
1: N and G E. All right, logo. we spent
2: enough time talking about Yo, something people may not realize about Claypool is that he's absolutely huge. I mean, he's bigger than some tight ends. Like he's bigger than Trey Burton. Both height, weight, everything. He's just absolutely a, a, a physical monster. And if he is more involved in, like, uh, the jet sweeps that Matt Canada wants to do when he plays more of a, like, 2020 LaVisca Chenault role. Uh, I think he could get extra value from the the rushing TDs. However, I think he's still number three in, in, in targets in an odd offense, and volume is always number one priority when ranking players, so he is my third-ranked wide receiver for the Steelers. I have Juju and Deontay pretty much back-to-back at the back end of wide receiver, two. And then clay as a wide receiver three french wide receiver well four three and that's i mean i'm not prioritizing any of these guys big ben is not the the qb he used to be but he can get very decent value those guys are going way way later in drafts than i have them ranked so i mean i'm having a lot of juju exposure this season
0: you know Deontay johnson worries me in the sense of he was a roller coaster ride last year. I had Deontay Johnson on almost every single fantasy team of mine. I couldn't understand why his ADP was so low going into the year because he's sliding right into an Antonio Brown role. And obviously that worked out. But he was so up and down. It was it was hard taking that roller coaster ride where he was a wide receiver one six times, but he ended as wide receiver 30 or worse six times as well. So you're taking that roller coaster ride. Like he got up to as much as wide receiver 3, but he also got down to as much as wide receiver ready for this one. 120 on in a game where he had two targets and no receptions in week 3 against Houston. So uh injuries, he left games early, he wasn't always on the field. Dropsies, he had a bad case of the dropsies. Are you like I, I'm just I was so in on him at his 10th round ADP last year, but I can't Pull the trigger on him in the fourth round, fifth round where he's going this year. How do you guys feel about Deontay?
1: I am um I'm a Juju guy. I'm with I'm with Cass there. We're talking about a guy who has had a elite first two seasons to his career, um adjusted to his age, and then you have Deontay Johnson who came into the league. A little older, has not performed at the level that Juju has already performed at, has had issues catching the ball and being benched. If I'm choosing between those guys, I'm taking Juju all day, who also has a higher draft capital as well. I think people are just uh the TikTok dancing is in people's heads too much. I'm I'm a Juju guy. I I definitely draft him over Deontay and if I'm not mistaken, current ADP is not that. So I do not have any Deontay Johnson shares in so
0: far in my drafts. Jason, how do you feel? Because I feel I feel a bet coming on here.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm not I'm not feeling that. I understand the Juju is the better value argument, but I'm not taking him over to Deontay Johnson.
0: Oh, this per- works perfectly. All right. I know we don't usually do this on the on there, but three way, who finishes first of the Steelers? I'll take Claypool. Jason, you take Deontay. Michael, you take Juju. Oh,
1: Claypool's not finishing first. I mean.
0: And and Cass, you'll be the the Thank the you. Tiebreaker.
2: Yes, thank
1: you.
0: What's your what who do you got?
1: I got Juju, man. As a a total finish?
0: As a total finish. Yeah. yeah. you win? We make this bet or what?
1: Yeah, man. What are we doing? with Deontay Johnson
0: sees 15 targets in his sleep. See, here's the thing with that. I think that last year he did, but are you... So Big Ben was hurt. Big Ben was out of shape last year. He admitted both of those things. This year he comes back into camp and a lot of people were hating on him. Like, I can't, what do you mean he's in shape? The dude looked way more in shape than he did last year. Like way more in shape. He says he's, he's doing the Tom Brady diet times 10 or whatever he said. And, and he's, he said he doesn't, he actively admitted he doesn't want to be a a dink and dunk passer anymore. And the offensive quarter, coordinator said, we're going to get away from dink and dunk passing again. So, I mean, the offensive line is going to be a problem. We'll see. And last year, big Ben had the least amount of time in the pocket uh, of any quarterback who saw 500 attempts, a lot of that was his own doing. But he still saw the least time in the pocket of any t- quarterback with 500 attempts. Yeah, come on. But I mean, again, a lot of that was his own doing. But the offensive line came apart last year, and this year the offensive line is brand spanking new. They they shipped everyone out. They got a brand new offensive line. But with that being said, I I think that he's going to want to air it out a little bit. Get Claypool more involved. Hit Juju on the outside more. And when that happens, Deontay Johnson and his, his little bubble screens that he would get 10 bubble screens a game. All of a sudden you're not getting those 10 bubble screens and slants a game. So I, I, I don't think everyone's saying that Deontay Johnson's Deontay Johnson has this built in floor of targets. And I just don't think that's the case personally. I I, I need to see it again before I just giving him that floor. Um, speaking of how he got that floor quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, um you guys have been calling him the ghost of Ben Big Ben. Uh that's the way he played last year. But again, he has come into camp looking a little leaner, a little meaner. Uh Jason, how do you feel about Big Ben this year?
1: Rathless Bigger Scrooge.
0: What? <laughs> like I mean, he's a Scrooge, you know. Like one, thing I, one thing I didn't I didn't miss when The Ghost Christmas of Motherfucking Christmas was Jason.
1: I didn't miss Jason. <laughs> Look. I don't think Big Ben's just going to turn a corner today, um, tomorrow, or the next day, or this year. I think that what we saw last year was a natural regression because he wasn't as bad as people say. He was a top 12 quarterback five times, but he was a QB two nine times last season. And this is why he ended the season as the quarterback twelve. Because if you look at his last four healthy seasons before 2020, he had 7, 9, 9, and 11 games in the top twelve. So it basically just swapped. His top 12 games became top 24 games. His top 24 games became top 12 games. Like, And it's just a natural progression for an older quarterback who was coming off an injury. They didn't have a real run game last year either. And maybe that's why his 8-dot was under 7. But if you look at the numbers, he was a quarterback 12 last year on the second most attempts, completions, and um, touchdowns he's had since 2015. If you told me, if you if someone told you that Ben Roethlisberger was going to be put up those numbers at the end of the season, you would have guessed he's going to end somewhere higher than quarterback twelve. So just for fantasy purposes, I just see more natural regression, and that doesn't mean that he can't maintain an offense that's going to perform well. I just think at the quarterback
0: position, you can do a lot better than Big Ben. So he's so he'll be. So what you're saying is Big Ben could be kind of playable, but you can you can get you can get it elsewhere. Just 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 playable enough to support the other guys being playable.
1: Yes. Um and I again I think it's hard for a player to support three different pass catching options. Uh cuz we expect Najee Harris to get the work on the ground. I'm going to talk about Najee Harris later. But like one of those guys is going to be the automatic out. Like at the end of last year, Claypool was pretty awful. When he was touchdown or bust. Um, And one of these guys is going to disappoint this year. I also want to add that uh, Big Ben is being largely underappreciated in best ball leagues. There's no reason why he should be going outside like the top 20 quarterbacks. Just throwing that out there.
0: Michael, going to the deep fantasy. Speaking of best ball leagues, uh, in the Scott Fish Bowl, the biggest tournament of fantasy experts and fans uh, in the land. I have a team in the Mag Miller division. And on that team I picked Najee Harris as my uh, as my third pick overall. Show me I was what very you happy got, about what this. you got Najee. There's two ways to look at this, Cass. There's the Steelers always have a workhorse back and he's going to get the volume and it doesn't matter if he's great, it doesn't matter if he's great, he'll be great great. But even if he's not great, he'll be good. There's another school of thought that says the Steelers have never had an offensive line this bad ever and can they make can they sustain a run game? through that so what do you think where do you have Najee what's your outlook
2: uh, I do think he's gonna get the volume and that's pretty much his only plus at this point uh, I mean it, it, that offensive line has never been worse I mean I think just yesterday or last week our starting right guard is in jeopardy like he's not getting a uh, first team reps because he has to earn them so we don't even have a, a starting right guard which is supposed to be one of the, our most solid pieces, I don't know how much he can do. The Steelers ranked 32nd in run in blocking last season, and the line just got worse. So you tell me. I I think if someone can turn it around, is Najee. If you look at his comps, he his first comp is Derrick Henry and Melvin Gordon. So the talent is there. But I don't know how much he can do. I mean, just because of volume, I have him ranked pretty high. I mean, he's... 18 in my half PPR rankings right now. So I'm not reaching for him, but if he falls to around RB18, I'm definitely taking him because volume is always going to get you the points you want. I,
0: I think for the offensive line for the Steelers, I know that they're that they're in the bottom in the bottom of the league, but they got faster. They were old last year. They had a lot of old pieces on that True. offensive line and that's where the run blocking suffers. Like the the big men, the big old guys can Go back and pass block, but they can't really run block no more because they can't pull, they can't get those, they can't get their bodies around. So I think maybe a little bit of addition by subtraction. The only problem is it's only subtraction. There's no addition, and and all the guys in the offensive line are, are guys who you probably have never heard their names before. So it, it, it's it's a tough dichotomy there. Uh, Michael, is there room for a tight end in this offense if you expect Najee Harris to have a good season, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and and Juju Smith-Schuster all to have decent seasons. Um, well, Claypool, even though
1: I'm fading, I'm fading Claypool pretty hard. I'm not gonna lie to you, but I think Eric Ebron is um, one of the biggest mispriced players in all the world right now, easily. Um, Eric Ebron last season was the 10th overall tight end, 14th in points per game, was fourth in red zone opportunities with 19, was top 10 in targets and receptions among tight ends was 6th in true target values. And in the abyss that is late-round tight ends, this dude has an ADP of tight end 29. After the rookie tight end that Pittsburgh drafted, Pat Friermuth, and how many times are we going to watch a rookie tight end not do anything his rookie season? And Eric Ebron is a 27-year-old significantly... Compared to typical tight ends that rookies have to deal with, significantly talented tight end, former first-round pick in a contract year. It's just mind-boggling to me that this dude is going as tight end 29. I don't really see his role changing much from last season when he ended as a top-12 tight end. Think Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet of last season. Nobody drafted Jimmy Graham, and Jimmy Graham was the guy to roster and ended up being a top ten tight end. I mean, sign me up for Eric Ebron at tight end twenty nine all day. It's absolutely absurd that he's going that low.
0: I think the reason why he's going that low, Michael, is is because of his lack of upside. I think that, like you said, we got what we're what we expect from Eric Ebron last year: fourteenth in points per game and tenth overall, and this and that. But Jason mentioned the type of bullshit there is at the end of at the end of drafts when it comes to tight ends and how many tight ends have a, have the ability to kind of take that next step. Like I'd rather have a Dan Arnold or like a Gerald Everett over, over, over him, over Eric Ebron. Not because I think that they're going to finish higher than Eric Ebron, but because I think that if they do hit their ceilings way higher than Ebron's.
1: Well, one look, I'm not here saying Eric Ebron's going to be a top five tight end draft him in all your leagues. He's likely going to be a waiver wire type guy who, you pick up every now and then. I'm talking more best ball leagues or super deep leagues, um, like 16-team leagues or two tight end leagues or best ball leagues. Um, specifically, I'd be targeting Ebron a lot. Also, if you're taking Dan Arnold over Eric Ebron, I don't want to be your friend. <laughs> I concur. Oh, uh, all right. Enough with so Dan Arnold. Injury... What the fuck is up with Dan Arnold? Yeah, I I Dan Dan the Darnold-Arnold Arnold Arnold connection. Uh, no. Just like Dan Arnold was gonna blow up in Arizona last year. Yeah, Kingsbury, Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold, dude, go, go,
0: team. Yo, Dan Arnold didn't play bad in Arizona last year when he got the opportunity. And that's exactly yeah, why they moved on from.
1: Whopping what? 14 catches the entire season.
0: Oh, it's whopping, okay, whopping. Whopper doodle. Whopping. Um, speaking, so speaking of speaking of speaking uh, of, as you know, we want to make these. Uh, evergreen at least until the start of the season podcast where you can go back and listen so sometimes circumstances change and guys get injured so one injury away i am going to do something that we don't usually do for one injury away i'm going to tell you it doesn't matter who the handcuff for Najee harris is if it's anthony mcfarlane doesn't matter true if it's if it's uh what's his name uh uh why can't i remember benny his Snow. name right now benny, Bl- benny snell I was going to call him Blake Snell. If it's Benny Snell, doesn't (laughs) matter. Is Jalen Samuels still on the team? Yep. If it's Jalen Samuels, doesn't matter. I don't want anyone in that backfield with that offensive line that is not Najee Harris because you could see what happened last year when you had other guys. And I was watching the Hall of Fame game, and Anthony McFarlane, who before was someone that I might consider – I saw him get solo tackled on the outside by a third string cornerback, and that's it for me and him. Like if I was the head coach, I'd cut him right there. Like, yo, you can't how are you letting Relax. that. Relax.
1: Like, oh no. No. An opposing NFL. What is level the point of being tackled? What is
0: a, 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 a D B by himself on an island brought you to the ground. And All right, you he made a good NFL play. You're back. gonna cut the fucking running uh, back. Third string D B. Obviously, I'm being freaking hyperbolic here Michael Dan Jeez. you're a third string host oh, oh. all I know is Tim <laughs> actually said, hurt
1: it actually hurt a little bit yeah it hurts saying it I'm I didn't, sorry. I didn't <laughs> to... guys we're, we're three three pods into this heat wave and Tim just said I'm gonna do something I never do and say it doesn't matter meanwhile literally the last pod he went you know what injury it doesn't matter <laughs> I didn't do that. If also, was I out, it leave. doesn't matter you just did the I same did thing. You're that, two out amazing. of three with it doesn't matter. And you just said you'd never do it. <laughs> that's I didn't thing. say I'd, I'd never
0: do it. I said I'm not supposed to do it. But I'm doing it anyway. I'd never.
1: I'll be damned. Um, the be injury damned. away is... I'll be damned. The injury away is Chase Claypool, in my opinion. Because as long as Juju and Deontay are seeing the majority of the targets, Claypool's going to be a little bit too touchdown dependent for my taste. Uh, if one of them goes down, then... Targets plus his touchdown ability will make him a very enticing option. I'd go, uh, I'd probably go Snell again, but Mm. begrudgingly. I feel like he's still gonna get the main work instead of McFarland, but if not, even sure he's the
2: direct backup,
1: to be honest. I mean, he could probably break a cornerback's tackle, right? Hence the, uh, the begrudgingly I, think it's Balazs, I added, if I'm being honest. Caleb Balaz is number two. I, yeah, I cannot believe Kalen you Kalen forgot
0: Balazs, him. By I, the way. I I I can't believe I forgot him either. I mean, because
1: his name is like blah.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he played well. I, maybe maybe Caleb Balaz is of someone that I would take a chance on in that backfield. Maybe, yeah, maybe.
2: But yeah, no, I don't think he's even worth it at that point.
0: Cass, who's your one injury away?
2: little controversial pick because it's not probably the, the, the sexiest pick here, but I'm going with Dwayne Haskins. Uh, this is, I mean, I haven't done a ton of research or analysis on him. and This is just basically fueled by emotions over the, the Hall of Fame game. But hear me out. He has been a, a starting QB, not the best, but if old man Big Ben with shoulder surgery goes down, you're not going to want any of the weapons, but you're going to want a starting QB with a little bit of rushing upside. So I wouldn't be mad at at grabbing Dwayne Haskins in a deep league or in a super flex league, having them having them having him there just, just in case. I think he has a pretty good shot at playing some and
0: being decent at it. There's levels to this fantasy stuff. What level are you playing at where you're grabbing handcuffed quarterback Dwayne Haskins?
2: (laughs) I mean, not your typical league, but
0: all right. Uh, Twitter, follow us on Twitter hey, at Broto Fantasy. You can follow me at Broto FF Tim, Jason at Broto FF Jason, Michael at Broto FF Mike, Cass at Broto FF Casanova. Um, Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy to support the podcast and everything that goes along with it, including the website, BrotoFantasy.com, and of course, the app, the Fantasy Football by Brodo app that, uh, you know, Cass, Cass, the masterminds, uh, by the way, behind the, the building. Of the app, he's the architect. Um he just put game logs together on a whim because he got an epiphany and did it in three hours, he said. And this guy is getting to be uh a wizard at this shit. A wizard, I tell you. Was I supposed to give out that information? Is that is should we cut that?
1: That's fine, it's fine.
0: Yeah, he's like, Yeah, it's fine. Tell, tell, tell him I'm the man. Tell him all on the man. Tell him it wouldn't on be man.
1: a BrotoPod pod if Tim wasn't just like rep like <laughs> repping one of us very hard without us actually even saying anything. Tim, you're a big you're you're a good hype, man.
0: Thanks. I, I believe in my squad, man. I only roll with the realist. With that being said, we're gonna come back to you tomorrow and preview the last or maybe the first team in this division. The Cleveland Browns. That's how that's how you say it in French. Later. Later later Club land. heat clubland heatwave